Hey, y'all, and welcome to Recovery Real Talk. Nothing changes if nothing changes. I am a grateful alcoholic addict. My problem is Teddy, and I'll be your tour guide on this bozo bus that's just trying to stay sober and keep it between the ditches. I want to welcome you all and to let you know how humbled we are that you've taken out your time to give us a listen. If you're already a subscriber, thanks and welcome back. If this is your first time, it's great to have you with us. Please take a second and hit subscribe, like us, and share us if you dig what we're trying to say. We are so grateful that you guys are all here. We hope that our little show is going to be fun, insightful, but most importantly, real. We are here to be of service to those who are in a program of recovery or those of you who may just be tired of playing the same silly games expecting different prizes. We hope to share our experience, strength, and hope with you that you too may recover from a hopeless state of mind and body. Just a quick FYI, by no means and most assuredly do we not speak for AA, NA, CA, or any 12-step program as a whole. You are free to agree or disagree with anything we say as you see fit. In fact, if we do say anything that can't be reconciled with the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous or the 12 and 12, we suggest you stop. Don't pay attention to anything we say. And then please, send help, because one of us have lost our damn mind again. This is real talk about recovery. So if you're offended by a little bad language, we're sorry. Just consider yourself warned. Now y'all ready? Let's go! Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Nothing Changes If Nothing Changes Recovery Real Talk. I am your host, uh, Teddy, and I am so honored and blessed to uh, be here tonight. Thank you guys so much for tuning back in. For us, it is just an opportunity to be of service, and we hope you enjoy tonight's episode. I know that I will, because tonight we are having the first woman in the studio and she is dynamite i'm just telling you do not ever if you ever get to meet uh our guest tonight in person don't let her size fool you it's dynamite in a small package and she's got a lot of really uh good stuff to share and an incredible program that uh you know inspires me so everybody say hello to casey casey if you would, introduce yourself for us. Hi, my name is Casey, and I'm an alcoholic. All right. Well, Casey, if you don't mind, would you share with us your sobriety date? It's 5-1-2017, May 1st. So, let me ask you a question. Now, I know, you know, unlike our listeners, I know that you're a poet, right? Yeah. I love that, because <laughs> my 14-year-old asked me, you know, hey, Dad, you know, why isn't there any poets today? And I went, son, there is poets today. <laughs> and and I went, I know one, you know? <laughs> so a couple of things that we've got to share on, on a one-on-one basis. Um, and then kiddos. Yeah, I've got a son who's 16 and a daughter who is nine. The, the, the nine-year-old is downstairs and she is incredibly well-behaved and just as cute as a button, I'll tell you that much. So let me ask you a question. Mm -hmm. um, and I normally ask a question of favorite movies or the best compliment. And we talked about it and you said, you know, you, 
You got you, Teddy, is there anything else? So I'm going to throw a curveball for you. Um, if you could live anywhere in the world, where would it be? Gosh, that is another, you know, these tough questions, Teddy, they're tough. Like, I mean, give me a genre on a movie. Give me a, a time frame. Like, okay, I don't know. Um, if I could live anywhere, um, I would probably choose somewhere near the mountains. And I, I don't actually like know a specific place, but I have been to Virginia and I really love it there. Virginia. Yeah. It's the land of lovers. Just want to let you know. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I uh, in these past few years, actually, I've I've started going um, back to school, and that is something that I um, absolutely did not expect to happen for me. I um, did have an undergraduate degree a long time ago. I think I got that in 2010, and I wanted to go back to school, um, but I didn't. I didn't imagine that I ever would be able to go back to school. But I was able these last couple of years, couple of years ago, start my master's um, in fine arts. So I'm getting my my master's here soon. That's that's incredible. Yeah. Um, so, what's been on your mind recently that tonight you hope to share with our our, our listeners? Gosh. Um, just, you know, it's been on my mind a lot, like since you, you know, brought up the topic to me about talking about uh, higher power of our own, you know, understanding. It's just definitely been on my mind um, just to share, you know, my experience. Um, and uh, I don't know, like that's, a, yeah, let's get into specifics because dang it, because I don't know. these are. <laughs> there, you there you go. No, I like it. I like it. I like it. So I ask, you know, all, all of our guests, um, what your what does your morning routine look like? Yeah, so I um I tend to get up anywhere between um, five and six. I wake up and I lay in bed for a while. Like I'm not one of those types that like jumps out of bed really quickly. Sure. Um. So like I like to kind of slowly wake up anywhere between five and six. I do have children and they do have schedules that involve school and things like that. My son is a wrestler. Um. So during certain parts of the school year, the season is that we get up early. So we get up early. We get to school. Um. Typically after I get them dropped off, um, I will definitely devote time prior to logging into work because I do work from home. So I get them up. I get up. We all get ready. We rush out the door and then I get back home. And, and what I normally will do is um, spend a few minutes anywhere from five to 30, depending on how much time I have um, to devote to some quiet time and meditation. Um, usually I have a, I have a little mat, a little like a meditation mat, a little colorful pillow that sits under my desk and I'll just kick it out from under my desk and sit down and, and have some, some quiet time, um, before I start my work day. Well, I'm definitely, I'm, I'm excited to hear more about, uh, about that because, you know, those are, those are the things that, um, you know, I, I truly, truly, you know, re respect and, and admire um, out of you and your approach to the program of Alcoholics Anonymous. Um, what, what, what do you think is the one idea um, that most people get wrong about AA? 
Yeah, I think I think, you know, and I had this like I had this approach as well whenever I was out in the world and drinking and not in AA as I kind of looked down at AA. I kind of saw it as something bad. Um, there was this definitely a stigma around the idea of AA. Um, you know, if you're an alcoholic, that's that's a negative thing. Weak people are alcoholics. You know, that's a sign of weakness or that's a that's pretty pathetic, you know. So and also that, it's, you know, it's kind of like a, it's a cult, you know. Um, sure. <laughs> you sure. hear that a lot, you know, and, and I don't know, it's, it's always been kind of like a, a, I mean, well, it's always, it's been a learning process, how to be able to embrace being a member of the program, you know, if it becomes part of the wider world, um, because I think there is a bit of a stigma about it. I like it. No, I mean, you know, I did too. I thought it was a cult too, you know, <laughs> from that standpoint. Um, so about when in your life did you think that AA might be the answer? You know, I I grew up in a home where I was aware of the Alcoholics Anonymous. Um, There was no alcohol allowed in my home because my grandparents were alcoholics and my parents were like devoted to not that that not being a part of our lives. But what do you say? Like um, none of the alcohol, but all of the isms. So, like, I was aware of Alcoholics Anonymous when I was younger, and I first got introduced into actually being a a participant in AA in 2011, I believe. But it wasn't until this, you know, these last the last few years of my drinking that I really began to um, become convinced that um, uh, there was something seriously wrong with me and that I had a problem. Yeah. Um, no, I understand completely. <laughs> so. So, yeah. Well, what 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 has um, been your the, the biggest challenge in recovery and what would you learn from it? Um. Man, it's all challenging sometimes, but like I would say, I mean, aside from the obvious of the the quitting drinking, I mean, for me, um, that took me a few, you know, I was, what is it, the, I was in and out for a while, right? Like I started in 2011 and I didn't get sober this, you know, until this time around until 2017. Sure. Putting the, the damn bottle down, right? Like just, you know, that part. And then, you know, it was just the idea of never drinking again. Like that was so hard for me to wrap my, my mind around. And then, you know, at what next level, right? Like acceptance, you know, giving up the, the, the idea of control, you know, well, you know, I mean, I can definitely understand that because that's exactly I relapse is a part of my story, as you know, our listeners know. You know, that was the thing. The thing is, is I just never could really realize or accept that the always and never, you know, and, and that I was always going to be one and I would never be able to take a drink again. And now, I mean, you know, by, through the grace of, of my higher power and the Fellowship of Alcoholics Anonymous and the 12 Steps, you know, that's been the very foundation now of, of my sobriety. So I definitely understand that completely. So let me ask you this. Um, who is the one person who had the most influence in your recovery other than your higher power? Um, so one of the my first sponsors, um, sponsorship is so, um, powerful. Um, and it means a lot to me, to me. Um, one of my first sponsors was actually what I, I nicknamed my, my grandma sponsor because my actual sponsor went back out. But this woman who was from my hometown, um, she was very well known and, um, she kind of took me under her wing and it was just such a, 
just such an honor because <laughs> I was just a hot mess. And she <laughs> and she just totally took time. And, and people would say, you met with, you know, so-and-so. How'd you get to, how'd you, how'd you get to do that? And I was just like, well, <laughs> but you know, I was really proud. But at the same time, like these were incredibly in- informative um, meetings that I had with her. Like the time that I spent with this person um, it was incredibly informative and enlightening for me. Um, she was the person who introduced me to the story in the back of the book and um I read freedom from bondage with her and um you know I cried with her like I mean I didn't get sober at that time around but she was in, incredibly influential um I don't know if she's the, the the single most influential but she is profoundly influential and I'm I'm eternally grateful to her my first sponsor you know was very influential in in, in my recovery and, and you know I went back out you know, from, from that standpoint, because I just hadn't have enough. But no, I can definitely I can definitely understand that. So um, what has taught you the most about recovery? OK, can you ask that question again? Yeah. You want me to ask it in another term? Yeah. Yeah. And you so know. what have you learned mm-hmm. the most about, re- you know, in recovery? Oh, I would just say I have learned, you know, that um, that people are valuable, that people are of value and that I'm I'm I am included in that. Like, honestly, like I've learned how to be a people and to embrace people and and to be, you know, present. No, I you know, and, you know, luckily, you know, I know you and. You know, I mean, you're, you you know, you you're 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 a very personable person, um, and you know, I, I think the thing that you know we learn more, more, you know, about ourselves is, and you said this, you know, a couple times in meetings is, you know, just to learn that I deserve it, that I'm okay, yeah. you know, and and you know, I deserve to give myself a break and not take right. myself so seriously. Right. So t- you know, t- the topic for this episode is recovery with the God or higher power as we understand him. And, you know, when, when, you know, that came across, um, you're the first person I thought of, you know, and, and the reason for that is, and I'm going to let you expand on it, you know, as far as, as you can, but, you know, in your program and, and, and in your, you know, belief cycles, you know, it looks a little bit different than a lot of folks in, in, in AA, but it's the same concept. So could you expand a little bit on, you know, how did you, you know, really establish, you know, your relationship with your higher power and what does that look like and, and things like that? Yeah. So, um, I, uh, I mean, do you want me to give a little background? Like, Please should do. I give back? Okay. So like I was raised in your like middle, lower middle, middle class, like, you know, Protestant home. I was raised in United Methodist church and like, um, I don't, can I say that? So yeah, you can specific. say that. Okay, so they're not sponsors. No, okay. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. So, um, you know, I was raised in the United Methodist Church and um, in this very, like, you know, lukewarm sort of, like, environment. But I never, ever, ever felt like I belonged in a church. Like, I just was never comfortable there. Um, and I just assumed a lot. Like, I guess that's how you're raised in those situations. I don't know. Like, what my experience is I was raised to just... Uh, 
uh, expect that, you know, this is this is what I would be. This is what I would do. You know, this was what my life looked like. And like I, I kind of accepted really, really early on that I was going to go to like we've talked about before. Right. You know, I was I was just going to go to hell yeah. because like, you know, I mean, there was like there just seemed like no options, I guess. Anyway, no plan B, <laughs> no plan B. Yeah, I just no other option. Um, But anyway, so like I just had a really detached sense of God. I had a really detached sense. I didn't really have any comfort in religion. I had no desire for religion. I didn't want to be put into a box. I didn't understand it. So like whenever like establishing that higher power thing, like one thing I've said before in meetings, you know, and recently we talked about this, like I just found myself to be, you know, uh, just completely broken. Right. Like by the time that I came around this last time, like I just felt completely broken and that was lucky. Like that was the best thing that happened for me at that time, because what then happened is that I became willing to kind of check out, you know, um, to, to check out that the idea of establishing anything. Right. Sure. Um, so I had, um, so like, what did I do? Like what I did is I decided that I wanted, I, I wrote about what God wasn't. That's what I did. Um, I really there. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I wrote about what God wasn't. So like, you know, my God was not, you know, a white bearded dude and a toga with some Birkenstocks, right? Like, gotcha. you know, like, gotcha. like, whatever, some hippie in the sky. I don't know, whatever, like not hippie, but you know, sure. I, uh, I don't know. Like I just kind of wrote about what, what God wasn't ideology wise as well. Right. So, um, but then like I, I got into this vibe of trying to, um, find something that gave me, um, some sort of connection feeling or comfort feeling. And it was really strange and it was really, and and I, and I do love working with my sponsees about this and I encourage them to write about this and no matter how fucking weird it sounds or is seeming to them, (laughs) I just tell them to write about it. Right. And just embrace it because whatever it is, it's calling to you and it's a part of you and just embrace that, you know? So that's, that's how I established my higher power, right? Like that's where the established started. I knew it wasn't something that, you know, um, I, 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 what is it? I, what is it they say? Like, um, I don't know. Came to believe. I mean, I came to believe, but like, I just, I just, I just became willing and that's where the establishment started, right? Like I just became completely willing to, you know, begin the process of being open to what was out there. It is amazing for me to hear that. I mean, to hear that you started off with writing down what God wasn't, because that is exactly what I did. I mean, exactly, you know, because I, you know, I had, I, you know, I had been raised, you know, in the buckle of the Bible belt and, you know, I'd had all of this, you know, same concept, you know, but, you know, it, I had a really big problem with the, 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 the word G-O-D, um, you know, and I was raised in, you know, a, 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 a religion background and everything else, but. I, you know, whether I felt comfortable or not, I just knew that I knew that I knew that, um, you know, if this was, if that was what it was, I was already screwed. Right. You know? Yeah. And I do want it noted that, you know, the very first female that comes on the show drops the F-bomb. I've waited <laughs> and waited. Then there we go. So, but no, thank you. Thank you for getting that out of the way. No, but, you know, and that was the cool thing about, about that, because, you know, as you and I have talked, you know, 
I, I, you know, I believe that I had spent all my life with the, the find mentality, you know, that I had to seek, but I was more waiting to find. And, you know, so through the, that, that, I guess, discovery of, you know, different philosophies and, and different practices and, and different things like that, um, you know, I, I found that there were huge chunks of truth in all of it, and there were huge chunks of truth of, in bull. I mean, in bullshit in all of it. And you know, but the thing was, was that I still to this day have a challenge with is the him stuff. Yeah. You know, the masculinity yeah. of a, you know of, of a higher power because you know, I mean, when down deep, I believe that you know the same power that turns the acorn to the oak. Um, t- you know, turns this the seed or, you know, in, in a mother into a baby. And, you know, that's, you know, kind of my, my thing. But I know that you have, have spoken, uh, you know, uh, a, a, a few times in AA um, where, when I was there and you've spoken about, you know, some Buddhist practices and those type things. Do you do you lend towards any philosophy or is it the philosophy of Casey? Yeah. <laughs> That's nah, not my philosophy. I don't know. Like, I don't think I lean towards anything specific. I mean, I guess if I had to say anything, it would be Buddhism. Um, but I, I, I mean, I don't, I don't like to label too much. I like to observe practice and I like to find out what makes me feel. And it's all, that's all what it's about for me is connected, right? That connection, you know, and, and as we like say, you know, that, that spirit of the universe that's quoted in the, I mean, they say that in the book even, but like, you know, that, that, that opportunity for, um, you know, hope and connection, um, acceptance and peace and serenity like or 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 just you know and just being present even in the suffering and the unknowing and the pain you know that that being open to that that's what I seek out and what I find really cool too is that you talk about the seeking versus the finding like or I don't remember what you said but like um but it just made me think about like as as and I've said this before like as a child I remember thinking you know, if when I hit this adult age, like this thing will come upon me and it will enlighten me. Like I will get what all these church women are all excited about. Right. Sure, sure. <laughs> and it never happened. Um, so I don't know. It'll find me as opposed to me seeking. I don't remember what you said. I, I, man, and, and I think that's so true. You know, um, Eckhart Tolle, you know, in, in the book, you know, The Power of Now really, you know, had a, a very distinct um impression left a very deep impression on me and the funny thing is is I'd had the book on my desk before before I was in recovery and it had just sat there and somebody had left it there or given it to me or whatever and then I picked it up and you know it's all you know again all about mindfulness and you know what he caught you know what he says is you know only the human ego can put a copyright on such a majestic word as God. And I believe that to be true. You know, I mean, you, the copyright and, and that type stuff. And, you know, we, we've heard it said a lot in, in AA and in meetings that, you know, hey, look, you know, spirituality ain't religion. You know, religion's for people that are scared of going to hell and spirituality's for folks that have spent a lot of time there. Um, but, you know, the thing that... I, that I, I that at least I, I I get the impression of is that you have a really incredible way of 
being in the moment and being present. And, you know, that, you know, it, it looks different, you know, I mean, it might look, it looks different for all of us, but for you, there's, there's, you know, again, for a little bitty ball of all the activity that goes on with you, there always follows, uh, you know, or precedes a piece that I really do look, you know, that I admire. That's so kind. Thank you. <laughs> you know, so know. what do you, I'm going to ask you a, a, a question. What, what do you, what are the two things that you do when the shit hits the fan? I don't know. I know that. I mean, I'm. Let, let's be honest. Like, I am not like you know. No, let's not. You know what I mean. <laughs> I'm not like immune to like. I mean, I have anxiety. Like, you know, I've got the 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 clinical diagnosed kind, right? Sure. Like, I've got the I've got the things, right? Um. So like, I am I am I am, you know, per, like I am. What is the word I'm trying to say? Like, I fall victim to the anxiety as well, and sometimes I freeze, right? Like sometimes anxiety occurs. Bad shit happens and I don't know what to do. Um, but, you know, ultimately, when when I am presented with a crisis, my initial knee-jerk, you know, experience or reaction is always to problem solve. Um, so I think one, one thing that this program has definitely taught me is that I don't always have to resort to that. Like in an emergency, if something needs to happen for the safekeeping of people around me, yes, problem solve very quickly. But oftentimes, whenever I'm presented with some sort of like, you know, information overload, or I am um, anxious, or I am in a bad situation, like oftentimes, um, you know, yeah, I do freeze, but sometimes I am consciously making an attempt to pause um, and to, um, I don't know, just be um, be able to not freak out, <laughs> you know, yeah. like try not to freak out. Um, but I don't know. That's a that's a really hard question. Like, I don't know. I don't yeah, think I don't think I said, did you ask me for two things and I didn't say two things? No, it's OK. You know, I mean, I just you had me at hard question because, you know, <laughs> Uh, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm AA for dummies. So one of those things, you know, but, you know, that repeatedly comes, you know, comes across in, in these episodes is, you know, the pause, yeah. you know, and, and, and I, I'm going to ask you this, you know, and you don't have to answer it if you don't want to, but normally it's pause and pray. Mm-hmm. Well, so what does that look like? You know, because do you pray? Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I don't often say like, you know, I say prayer because or I pray because, you know, it's it's it, there is some discomfort with me with the word because I, I immediately have the memory of of Christian prayer. Right. Sure. Well, which, you know, I am not a Christian, you know, as we all know, and I say all the time, but like <laughs> for clarity for people in the group. <laughs> uh, but like, you know, I uh I don't know. For me, yes, I do pray. Like, yes, I do. Um, there was a while back where I went through a really tough situation, and um, and I I would I would take time to. And what did that look like for me when I was going through pain and and discomfort? What I would do is I I sat on my knees and I um, 
I would hold on to my heart. Sometimes I'd hold on to my forehead. And in that moment, what was necessary to do was to remind myself that I was okay. So I would say for my prayer, I would say I am with my beloved and my beloved is with me. You know, whatever that was, like, I didn't know, I didn't need to know. Um, But that's, you know, that's and so that's what that looked like. And it's it it is like it is um, uncomfortable for me um, sometimes. But um, uh, but I do pray. Um, I will sit. I sit. I cry if I need to. You know. I just. Uh, I and I'm silent. That's 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 a priority for me. Is silence. Um, that's something that's very important for me. Because um, I talk a lot. Like people who know me know I talk to myself a lot too. <laughs> like I'll, I'll have whole conversations and people are like, "What the hell?" <laughs> you know. Like, but, uh, well, yeah. you know, I mean, you know. My, my wife says that all the time, you know, <laughs> who in the hell are you talking yeah, to? Yeah, right. <laughs> and I just roll back with, well, I'm trying to have the only intelligent conversation I can have. There's that ego coming out. Right. But, you know, I mean, and, and that, but the thing is, 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 is as you know, the, the premise for this podcast is, you know, we're not, you know, again, if it reaches 500 people or whatever, great, but it's really, you know, intended for you know, just that one, you know, just that one, you know, the, the guy in Tupelo, Mississippi, or the, the girl in Bangor, Maine, or, or wherever that happens. But, you know, there, there might be somebody out there, you know, uh, that's, you know, thinking, man, you know, if I join, you know, I hear all this God stuff, and I hear all this other stuff, um, you know, then, you know, I could, I could never recover. And the fact of the matter is, is, you know, A, here, you're a prime example of, you know, recovery. And, I mean, you've been through some shit, you know. I mean, you know, if you don't mind, you know, would you tell our listeners just a little bit about how you got here? Well, I uh, got in my car. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm sorry. That was no, a bad it's okay. joke. That was a bad I, joke. I can fix it in pro okay, post. <laughs> okay, okay. So, like, you know, um, I don't know. Like, I think that um, I was... Uh, I don't, uh, I, it's, it feels like, um, I don't know what to say. Um, (laughs) all right. What'd your drinking look like? What did my drinking look like? I was a drunk. I was a mad blackout drunk. Like I was angry. Like, and you talk about being small. Like I was, I was well known for starting fights. Like, and of course I couldn't like finish a damn one of them. Right. You know, (laughs) but I loved starting fights. I loved, um, I love, I was again, blackout drunk. I'm, I was, um, I could never just drink one drink. I like literally have no off button when alcohol touches my mouth. Like I, I have no ability whatsoever ever to stop. Um, and so, uh, yeah, I'm just a bad, awful, I'm an awful, awful drunk. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I am, I don't know to say like, I, I pause there, you know, because it's, it's, it is difficult for me in some, you know, ways to talk about my past, but I, I, um, I was, I have had a very difficult relationship, a longstanding difficult relationship where there was a very heavy imbalance of power. I'll put it that way. And, um, and it was hard. It was hard to survive and it was hard to relearn my value after that. Um, but it is, I mean, I'm going to, you know, jump back to, it is absolutely possible, um, to be able to participate in the program, um, of Alcoholics Anonymous, um, and, and, and do it, um, with a higher power of your understanding that just so happens not to be, you know, 
that that's what you know i think a lot of folks need you know need to hear you know because you know every you know everybody it's god is you know whatever and you know we we really don't we don't you know it makes me no difference you know if it's you know whatever religion that you choose it to be or what i always say is a you know a big fat alien with eight legs named ursula it doesn't matter <laughs> as long as it works for you and that's the 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 biggest thing because the fact is is you know you're you you walk into these rooms for a reason you know um it's because either you're sick and tired of being sick and tired right. or it's the last house on the you know on the street or, you know, it's, you know, you're going through some, you know, some really, bit, you know, bit, you know, whatever it is, but, you know, the answer's there. And, you know, I, you know, what were your first impressions when you first walked into an AA meeting? Oh, I, you know, I felt sorry for everybody in there. I did. <laughs> I was like, oh, these poor people. Like, <laughs> I'm, and I was, I mean, then just goes to show the level of like um, denial I was in. I felt, I felt like I was above everybody. I felt sorry for everybody in there. Like, I didn't, I was completely unaware of what exactly was going on. I had no idea, the, <laughs> like, the depth of the problem, you know. Um, no, I, I, you know, again, I, I just thought they were all full of shit. Yeah. You know, yeah. I just thought there is no way that these people can be smiling right. and hugging and, and yeah. laughing. I know, you know. I, I did not want to be touched and people were hugging me afterwards and I was just like, oh, get off of me. Yeah, you know, like. I mean, and, and, you know, and the thing about it is, is, you know, these folks don't know is if you ever meet me, I'm a, I'm a really, I'm, I'm a big hugger. Yeah. I, I like to hug. And, um, and, and, and I, we've got a couple, you know, and again, these are, these are folks that I've spent time with, you know, so I'm not the, the you know, the lurking guy, you know, the lurking old fat guy from my age, you know, um, you know, but, you know, the thing is, is I've developed relationships with them and, and, you know, but you can tell that, you know, with, with some folks, they don't like to be hugged. Yeah. And, you know, nowadays, you know, I mean, really, you know, I mean, I, I do it more, you know, towards men than towards women, because if, you know, if you're a dude and you don't like to be hugged and I know it, I'm going to hug you every single time, you know, from that. But no, I, I've, I've noticed that, you know, as our relationship has grown, the more I get, you know, I'm, I'm, to, to, the more I get to hug you. And, yeah. <laughs> um, and that's and that's really, a, you know, a blessing to me. So let me ask you a question. How was your how would you say that your life has changed over the last year? Over the last year? Um, gosh, you know, there I mean, there have been a lot of changes um, in, in the last few years leading up to this year, um, there have been a lot of life changes, schedule changes, you know, um, changes with how much I have my children with me. And, 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 and but I would say that this last year, this, this recent year, um, it's changed in a lot of really positive ways. I was able to get um, a new job, which is something that, um, you know, I'd had a job for about eight years and it wasn't really doing well for me. Um, so I got a new job. You know, I, I do have a boyfriend and we've been together a while and that relationship's just, you know, great sort of experience for me as well. I mean, I'm still, I think what's, what's, what's really great for me in this, like what's changed in this last year is that there's, um, there's a lot of, of being able to be present like with um 
you know, uh, with some, some good positivity, which isn't always easy, you know, honestly, it's not, it's not because like when you're a person like me, who's, who's had a lot of anxiety, like you're, you're always just kind of expecting like, you know, the bad news any day. Right. And I still battle with that a lot. Call it a dirt, you know, a character defect. Um, <laughs> but like, you know, I can very easily like get into the news cycle and just think doom and gloom all day long. I can get a lot of anxiety. I tend to like doomsday prep in my brain. You know, <laughs> I'm like, well, you know, I need my book out. I don't yeah. know if I should sit up, but like, you know, like, <laughs> I, I just feel like, you know, there's a lot I can do to ramp up my anxiety. There's a lot that I like to, you know, um, that I need to work on at all, you know, all the time. So I would say in the last year, like, you know, I've, I definitely have been become more mindful of that, more able to live in the present and just be okay with the, the good and, you know, and the bad. But, um, yeah. You know, the, the coolest thing, you know, one of the coolest things that, you know, that I've learned, you know, is that, you know, it, being able to accept it, you know, being that acceptance part of, you know, instead of running from it, because, you know, I'm a classic quitter, you know, I mean, I, you know, I mean, that's what I did for all those years. But, you know, the thing is, is, you know, when I can, you know, just slow down and, you know, the cool thing is that at least what I hear from you is that you're being able to accept good things that are happening in your life. Yeah. You know, and, and that, that is a, you know, that's a big thing, you know, especially from someone who, you know, had the power shifted and all, all of those things. Um, but it's an admirable thing to be able to, you know, let yourself you know, enjoy good things, you know? Yeah. And I think that, you know, even I, I believe that the big book talks about, you know, I mean, talk about like being the curmudgeon or talk about like being, um, you know, we, I can be horrendously ungrateful, right? It can never be enough. You know, I know that I come from a background where like I, uh, very much was a victim, you know, not, not, not to say that I was very much a victim, but like, you know, that kind of mentality where no one likes me, the world is against me nothing is ever good enough and so like it was very hard for me to see the positive and the bright and the good and I think that that's changed a lot in the past few years I think that's incredible you know I I was at, I talked to, I was talking to my sponsor asking him a few questions and a couple of them were redundant but I just wanted to, you know him to think that I was smarter than I really was <laughs> but um you know it was you know the one thing that you know, the coolest thing that I was prom that that was promised to me was that I would know peace. Yeah. And you know, and we say the serenity prayer, you know, all the time, you know. And but the thing is, is you know, how do you know serenity if you're not familiar with chaos? Yeah. You know, and that's the thing. The thing is, is, you know, I lived in that world of chaos and I was comfortable in it. You know, yeah. I mean, that was my world, you right. know, and, um, you know, I, you know, I, I'm, I'm still real easy to, you know, break my arm, patting myself on the back and break my leg, kicking myself in the ass, you know? <laughs> yeah. and, and, you know, I think that the, the key to this is not, just not taking myself so damn serious. Right. You, you know, like we talk about ego so much and like, what's interesting to me is like ego is this 
thing that can be like incredibly like it's so I mean, I guess it's so fragile. It's like this little like thing that that like exists that tells us you're a piece of shit, but at the same time tells you that you're better than everybody else. And I was thinking about that a while back and I was like, okay, so what is that? Well, it's just one small idea. And what is it that that matters about that idea is that like it's it's this small idea in the middle of a, a huge, vast, empty space. So what matters is what I fill all that space with, right? Like what am I feeding that little seed with in that space, right? Am I filling it with like, you know, yeah, the negative energy or am I allowing the, the, the real energy to be in there? Does that make sense? It does. No, I mean, you go girl. I'm telling you, that's, that's good stuff. That's, I mean, really and truly is. Now I'm going to lighten some things up for you. Okay. Just so, um, again, time's getting a little bit um, short and I, you know, I wish we had more time to, to, to dig a little bit, but, uh, I'm again, thank you so much, very much for doing this. Um, you know, Casey, uh, if you were allowed to have a superpower, what would it be? And what does that say about you? Oh, superpower. I would, um, <laughs> x-ray vision's already been used. You know, Casey. right, right. X-ray vision. Like, I don't know. Like, this is such a strange, like, I... <laughs> You got you, Teddy. These questions with the the like the frivolous questions. Talk about anxiety. My brain is like eighty different ways about this. When you were asking me about movie, I like I was yeah. like, oh my god, give me a genre, That's and then right. I can give you a detail. <laughs> I don't know. Um, you know, superpower. What would I do? I, I honestly like it would be some sort of like ridiculously like a altruistic sort of thing. I would be able to make food whenever I want. So there'd be a shit ton of food out there, so people wouldn't be hungry. I don't know. Food in the set, you know, you know, there you I go. don't want anything extreme. Okay, like, <laughs> so um, I'm okay. I'm afraid of flying. I don't know. So <laughs> now I'm gonna give. I'm, I'm gonna. I'm gonna give you one that you know. Again, I hope is more detailed for you because uh, you know I'm a thirty thousand foot view guy, and we can tell that you are not. You know, you, you're a little bit more to the point. So if you could have, a, say, that Casey could have a dinner party with um, three historical figures. What three would you invite? I would like to meet Harriet Tubman. And so I would love to spend time with her. I think that I would have liked to have at my dinner table, um, maybe, um, like uh, the <laughs> this is so specific, but the fifth wife of Henry VIII, Catherine Howard. Okay. okay. <laughs> I don't know. Like I grew up, she was my favorite Henry VIII wife, and I'm just amazed by her. And uh, gosh, I guess um, somebody else uh, that I would have uh, liked to have met. Um, gosh, I mean, but this person's still alive. So it's okay. It's all right. I'd like to meet Joni Mitchell. Really? Yeah. I think she's amazing. And an incredible poet and songwriter at the same time. So, yes, I understand that completely. So, um, you know, wrapping this up, just going to let you, you know, I'm going to slow pitch you a couple of them, you know, from that standpoint. But uh, what's your favorite quote that we use in AA? Um, I would say, you know, what's so funny about that is I would say nothing changes if nothing changes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you win. That's right. I love it. I love it. <laughs> and so if you had the attention of the entire world, okay. I would have a nervous breakdown. <laughs> Go on. 
you're crazy. Okay, um, so if you had the attention of the, the whole world and you had three minutes, what would, what would you say? <laughs> oh, my gosh. I would. Okay, what I would say, I would say probably something like I would just want desperately for people to understand to be kind to each other and to take care of each other and to uh, think of other people and, you know, and um, help heal and help and have hope. Like, yeah. Those are things that I would say. Hey, that's that's good enough for me. You know, I mean, be kind, have hope, you know, love. Yeah. You know, I mean, if we if we if, if we could ever get any of that right, um, you know, again, that would be it. OK, so I'm going to ask you one more question. And, and About you, books? I'm sorry. Go on. You want you want because uh, I can, I, oh, yeah. you know, but you're a poet. So I kind of wanted I mean, I knew if I asked you what two books, you know, or if you were to write a book, what would it be about? You know, because I'm going to wait for your poetry book on poetry, um, you know, in a seven page long um, poem. Um, but so what, what what's the one question um, that you wish I'm, I would ask and how would you have answered it? What I wish that you would have. What does my higher power look like? I guess. Okay, and how would you answer? I would say that it's always changing, and I would say that 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 is something that has been valuable to me is um, that it started out in one way as one thing, and my higher power has since constantly changed, and that that's okay, and that that works perfect for a person who is working this program. Well, it sounds like it works perfect for you. That's all that matters. <laughs> you know, I, I, words cannot express, you know, how much I love you and how much I thank you for taking the time out of your schedule to come here and, and to be a guest and to share your experience, strength and hope with with our audience and with myself. Um, thank you again so much for 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 coming. Uh, guys, you know. Thank you. Like how oh, you're more than welcome, you know, uh, guys, thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, what I'm what we want to say is, you know, if you're listening to this, you might have an, you know, might have a problem. Um, but, you know, want to let you know that you're, you're not alone. Uh, we 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 are, you know, I get drunk. We stay sober. Um, and, you know, it does. It, always looks different to every person. So, you know, the thing is, is, you know, if you're sick and tired of being sick and tired, find a meeting, you know, try one or two or three meetings, but find a meeting and just keep coming back because that's the way that, that we can all recover and, you know, hopefully find who we really are. Um, if you like what you hear tonight, hit like, hit subscribe, do those things that which you know how to do. Thanks again so much um, for being here for us. And thank you for allowing us to be of service to you. Um, we're going to close this out like in the normal way. If I see you when I see you, if, I, if you don't see me first, you guys be good. <laughs>